you're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about discovering your Enneagram glow part two. My guests today are not only Elena from last week, but Michael Shahan is joining us as well. And you may know him from his famous Instagram account, which is Michael Shahan underscore therapy. And I think you're going to love our episode today as we talk about not only the conceptualizing of the Enneagram Glow, but also really understanding how to carry out our growth process as we're discovering how we blend as a couple, what are our strengths, what are our weaknesses. And we're going to look at another couple dynamic today, the one in nine marriage. As you know, we've been covering one in seven so many times. So sorry, one seven, pure sunshine. You guys are going to have to take a back seat today because we brought in seven nine last week and now we're going to the one nine. And this gives you an overall sense for how very different these marriages and pairings are. And I also want to invite you guys who are thinking that you guys love communicating and love sharing about your pairing to contact me if you'd like to potentially be a guest on the podcast. I can't fit everybody, obviously, but we do have openings in 2021 for couples who want to talk about their glow, and I'll be incorporating some as well. But I think it's really helpful to get to flesh it out together so that we can understand that a two married to a five looks very different from a two married to a six or a one. So it's going to be really cool for you guys to see that. And I think that will help you to understand you do have potential to make healthy shifts in your marriage, no matter who you're married to, because you're going to do your growth work. But you also have potential gifts that come out only through your marriage, and that's going to make you take some healthy marriage pride. So I'm super happy about that because we all need a little bit of that. I also want to remind you guys that we are on a very special day, Cyber Monday. So you have an amazing opportunity to gift somebody with the Enneagram Glow. So make sure you use our coupon codes and Michael's going to share a coupon code today for him. And we're just so thankful that we have had such a big start to our holidays. I know that it's been a really different holiday for a lot of you. And that was a big thing I processed with a lot of clients new plans, things being thrown around. And I've been praying that everybody would be fine and really enjoy their time over this last week. We had such a wonderful opportunity to host a Holocaust survivor, our good friend Mina, who was only two years old from Russia when the Holocaust was going on. And she is a wonderful Jewish friend who lost her husband, Vlad, a couple years ago. And so we've been hosting her and we loved him too, but it's a really special thing to see a marriage that has gone on for that long. And I've shared about her on Instagram before, but she's a beautiful soul who reminds us of the brevity of life. And she said, you know, Krista, I can't believe he's gone. I'm still looking for him two years later after 50 plus years together. He's just my heart and soul. So it's so romantic and beautiful. And I hope you guys got to have some special moments I know family's hard, so I'm sure you're also like, okay, let's just move on. Let's get back into our new week. So let's do that together. Let's get healthy in marriage together. The main goal, as always, is balance. So just be ready for balance as we listen to Michael and Elena chat about more Enneagram Glow today. Okay. So, all right, guys. So I have Michael Shahan and Elena Pompa with me. Hi, guys. Hi. So glad to have you. And I am cracking up because I got Michael's last name pronounced right. And he doesn't realize this, but I've been saying his last name for several weeks on the show. So I'm so glad it's right. Oh, no way. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to have to do a lot of apologizing otherwise. So this is good. Yes. I'm so glad to have the whole team here for Enneagram Glow. And why don't you, since Elena and I got to talk about ours last week, Michael, why don't you tell us a little bit about your Enneagram Glow and who you are so people can get to know you. Cool. So I, my name is Michael Shahan. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist uh, in Kansas City, Missouri. I've been doing it for a couple of years. I love the work. I, I work a lot with trauma. I see some couples. Um, I also have been using the Enneagram more and more in the last few years in my practice very, very directly and explicitly with my clients, um, using it as a growth mm-hmm. tool as one of the things that, I, and that's been really cool. Um, and I'm actually currently teaching a class. I have a class developed for therapists who like to, who want to use the Enneagram. So it just culminated in a really cool thing that I can teach other people that. I have two daughters, 
uh, three and six. I have a wife. Her name is Angie. She's an Enneagram one. Yeah, that's what else about me? Um, no, that's, that's yeah, the basics. Mm-hmm, I love, <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love to watercolor. Um, mm-hmm. And I love playing music and hanging out with my kids and my dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Aww. pretty stereotypical. She's awesome. I bring her in with me to the office two days a week to just kind of be with clients to help just sort of regulate them and, and calm their nerves and, and get, provide some comfort. Oh, that's oh great. Gosh, it's yeah, awesome. That's awesome. I think we appreciate that a lot as sevens and I know a two therapist who does that, but you're right. It is cool. beautifully stereotypical for a nine to love their animals, but it makes <laughs> me happy to hear that you are you know yourself. Like, doesn't that make you happy, Elena, to hear a nine who's like, I love watercolors. Mm. I love animals. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. I think I, I even felt the uh, uh, discomfort and like, oh no, I got to share parts of myself and who am I really? <laughs> but I just kind of owning that and learning to lean into my own talents and things that I love and, and, and showing off if I want to and knowing that I'm good at them and enjoying them and allowing that and allowing those things to take up space in my life is usually pretty hard for me as a nine. But that's what I'm working on a lot. And it's really nice to work on that and to get back to that sort of sense of self that I can lose so easily in merging with everybody else so strongly yes. at times. Yes. And you're a social nine, right? So yes. that makes uh-huh. it makes people think you wouldn't have that trouble, but what they might not realize is social nines still have that trouble, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, very much so. I can tend to go to sleep to myself, just in different, to myself in different ways, more socially, more being part of the group and teaching and having an active Instagram account and, and, and doing podcast, like these very Mm -hmm. extrovert external things rather than yeah, rather than like a more of a passive checking out to myself. It's a very, very active checking out to myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, which is why you had mistyped as a seven earlier. Yep. Because mm-hmm. we can keep ourselves busy too, right, Elena? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are better at it than me, though. I can tend to uh, burn out way quicker than I expect. <laughs> Well, I know that you guys as nines do have this long burning kind of just Mm. log. I think of it as like a log on Mm. a fire that goes on that Duraflame forever. And I feel Mm. like you guys have that whole turtle in the hair thing going where you last longer than we do because we burn out and then we come back. At least that's how I work. (laughs) I can see that. I I think I can be more with my social sevenness and my ADHD thrown in there. It can be a little weird combination of a turtle and a hare, like a, like a hare who wants to hide in a turtle shell at the same time or something. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Oh my gosh. That's a good point. You have both elements going on and Elena does too, because she's married to a nine. And I just, I'm so curious to hear about your one dynamic today. And I also want to hear from both of you guys about how you met your spouses too, because I want to see what's the difference in how some of these pairings might meet. Mm. But first, let me Mm. ask you a little bit about your one and nine glow together. You and Angie, Yes. So something we've had to <laughs> learn to do well, especially when there was no communication about it and there was no mm-hmm. seeing it. There was a lot of sort of mis- misconceptions that were happening. Mm-hmm. Um, like her, she's such a, as a one, so much structure and so much rigidity in things. And mm-hmm. we have to, I always joke with her, like, you want to have three years of every budget category buffered out until you do anything fun. <laughs> like everything has to be taken care of and in its place before mm-hmm. you have fun. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm just like, what, like, like example of cleaning around the house. Like I would love to like clean here and there, wander from lay on the couch for a minute, get up, clean some more. And she's like, stay in this room. What are you doing? Quit wandering. <laughs> um, and so I, early on in our marriage, I received a lot of that as mm-hmm. very uh, critical and, and telling me that I wasn't good enough and that I was lazy um, and thing, mm-hmm. and it could be, and, and I could be come off to her as very uncaring, mm-hmm. um, and very, uh, not caring about her, not willing to stick up for her. What a lot of early complaints she had, like, cause I'm like, Hey, you can, you can figure it out. You can stick it for yourself. I don't need to fight for you. Like, I don't like fighting. So, and she, she received a lot of that as me not caring about her, me withdrawing, me checking out. Um, but I think when we learn about the Enneagram and start communicating better, I remember when I first learned about what ones were and mm-hmm. heard a podcast and everything clicked. It was like, you're not like your frustration is not actually directed at me, is it? Like it's directed at yourself and you think you're not good enough. So you have to keep doing this. And so you're terrified of like slowing down and, and, and relaxing and doing these things. And that opened up so much compassion for me, um, mm. for her so much. 
mm-hmm. um, knowing where she was coming from and knowing how, like when she says, I want you to be honest with me, if you've made a mistake, she really actually means it. <laughs> like, like for me, I'll say that somebody like, I want you to be honest with me, but if they are, it's very uncomfortable. And I don't really want to. <laughs> like eights and ones both. It's like, right. oh, you say that you actually mean that. That's mm-hmm. weird. I need to shift that. And so mm-hmm. I think the best of our glow comes out in she's for our whole marriage. Wow. I just got really emotional about this already. Um, <laughs> our whole marriage, she's wow, has said. This is a surprise. I don't know how to react like this. She said, you can do hard things. You can do hard things. You can do hard things. She always said that. Um, And I just never really received that. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. You're just trying to get me to do what you want me to do. I don't know. Like, I just couldn't receive it for some reason because I was so defensive and we both are in that control triad. And so neither one of us want to be told what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can do hard things. And I think that's the best. That's the glow that she sort of, because if one says they're going to do something, like they're going to do it. It's crazy to me. They're just going to mm-hmm. do it. Like if my wife, like she was like, I want to diet and lose this much weight. I'm going to see a dietitian. I'm going to set these goals. And she nailed every single one easily. <laughs> and it's amazing. And to like have that inspiration to like, yeah, I can do hard things and we can do hard things together and, mm-hmm. and, and almost sharpen my own focus. I, 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 I do not think I would have gone, gone to grad school without her. She was like, I know you love these things. And I, wow. And I made these calls to, um, to this grad school program because I think this would be perfect for you. And I was like, wow, that's something I've always wanted to do, but never like that sort of nine sloth. I was like, oh, I'll do it later, eh, whenever. And she's like, I made these calls for you and I think this would be great for you. And boom, oh, I'd accepted wow. it. And now I'm, now I'm doing what I've always wanted to do since high school. Oh my I don't God. think I would have. I always told her, like, I want to. I wish I could have gotten her name on my degree <laughs> because Aww. so, so helpful in, in encouraging me to do hard things and helping me when I can humble myself and say, I need help organizing this because I don't know what I'm doing. And she mm-hmm. can, and, and when I can hear that from her and, and lay down my defensiveness and hear that and get that feedback, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Like people, oh, like people have said, like, I want an Angie in my life when I, t- when I tell them about <laughs> how much she helps me. Um, and it's really cool. And I think for me, I can help at my best. I can really soften her a lot. Mm. Um, like, uh, um, we were in small group a while back and she was saying this person to somebody. I knew she wasn't mad, but she sounded really intense. And <laughs> Is she a sexual like, one? Um, yes. Okay. That's why <laughs> I think <laughs> that's my best guess. That's my okay. best guess. Okay. I, I think cause she, um, cause she, yeah, she has a lot of eight seeming things in her, mm-hmm. um, but she's definitely not an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, and I told her, I was like, hey, and she, she kind of rejected this part, but it's fine. She was like, I said, do you know that that came off? I think that came off really harsh. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't care. And she was angry about it. But I think like not only um, soften her with other people, but soften her with herself. Like she can beat herself up about how bad of a mm-hmm. mom she is and how um, she's not doing enough. And I'm like, listen, like you, I, we had a conversation the other day. We sort of sat down and organized things for like the next three month period, which was like her dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I started telling her about how she can be very caught up in how what she's doing. Um, I guess she's she's so focused on doing the right thing and and, and able to do make the important almost like long term decisions that get no gratification now mm-hmm. that she can kind of um, miss out on and not feel seen in the in the things that she's doing and how helpful she is. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling her, like when you do these things and spend this time reading about discipline with the kids, like I get to do this and and have more energy to. I don't know, play with the kids or make some more money in this way. Or I don't know, like it's, it's when you do these things, you help the whole family and me pointing that out. Like she never even realized that she was so, mm. she couldn't get so stuck in her own self-criticism and yeah. And doubt about what she's doing and if it's even helpful. And she's like, when I can point that out, like here's how helpful all of these things actually are. And here's how amazing you actually are at these things oh. and helping her be more gentle with herself by oh yeah like softening the the sharp edges that a one can have further on like that inner critic wow yeah does that make sense like so i can sort of soften her up and she can sort of i don't know Mm -hmm. sharpen me give me weight but yeah those are the kind of things that tend to happen Mm. um but yeah and and for the artwork for the one in the nine it was like a honest to goodness yeah and, and that that drawing of the the little sidewalk with the trees and like that was her and I's our family's favorite thing to do was go on walks by the creek and and be outside and 
it was just really accurate. Perfect way of putting it. I feel like the language I was trying to say a minute ago, that's a perfect way to put it. But I think when I'm not in a super great place, I can tend to withhold that because of my own worries of how she'll react, like in my nineness, right? Like it's, um, um, well, this is probably a stupid thing to say, so I don't want to encourage her or, or, or this isn't going to really help. I don't need to say this. But when I'm like, no, this helps and this might feel uncomfortable and weirdly vulnerable mm-hmm. and close, but like this, she needs to hear this because this is so true. And the amount of times that I think it, it used to not match up. I used to hardly ever say it because it felt so, I don't know, risky and there's vulnerability there and all my nine messages. I think all of our Enneagram messages come in flying hot when we're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And like ramp up like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, well, this isn't going to help. She's going to react poorly. This is actually going to create conflict because I'm going to say it wrong. And like all these mm-hmm. nine messages. And so, mm-hmm. and so I think uh, if I'm not aware of that, then I don't get to give her that glow kind of, right? Like I don't get to give her those gifts that I have um, if I'm not. Oh my God. Does that make sense? Like if I'm not intentional about and pushing my own growth, if I'm stuck in my nineness, then like, I don't think I give her as much access to that glow. Mm, oh my gosh. Yes. It makes sense to me. You getting that Elena? Absolutely. I said, I feel like we each take turns too, right? Like, mm. <laughs> you know, where, where I'm weak, he's strong and where he's strong, I'm weak. And we unfortunately aren't always strong together, right? Like we mm. need each other to help each other up. So yeah. Good thing there's two of you. <laughs> good thing there's two of us. Mm-hmm. No, I love that really speaks to just the beauty of how you need each other. And that is something that any of us who have self-preservation instincts need to hear out there that, you know, we can't be an island unto ourselves. Even if you're not married, Mm. to understand relationships will help to balance you and blend you and bring out your best gifts. And I can see why you get emotional saying, man, I almost missed my calling because Mm. I didn't believe in myself. Wow. And I think what makes me the most emotional is like when I look back and when I've done my own growth work. And sort of, I, I can be very, very, very defensive person in that, that sort of, have, have you heard the phrase eights, nines, and ones have a don't mess with me energy? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that before? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I can just be so defensive and immediately I can, I mean, it's a, I think it's a family trait for me, for me personally, mm-hmm. but um, and when I step back from my defensiveness and realize like, she's been saying this the whole time. She's known me and meant yes. it even before I could see it. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes me really emotional too. It's like, I'm sorry that I never saw it and I never heard that from you. And like, mm-hmm. I wish I would have, but I couldn't for whatever reason. But now I do. And I, that, may, for some, that makes it even more just overwhelmed with gratitude that she's been saying it the whole time and she never stopped. Mm. Even when I rejected it over and over again, that's that's what's wild to me. Like, I don't know how she did that. I guess she loves me a lot or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she does. And that's where she brings you that goodness. And, mm. and you then spoke the truth to her. Cause it sounds like she has some self-preservation one qualities too, where she's really going inward. Like I'm not good. I'm not good. It's not always that others aren't good. It's I'm not good. And so it's, you're just it, hmm. right there saying, oh my gosh, yes, you are. <laughs> and it's, and it's, for her, it's not as direct as I'm not good. And she actually asked me this the other day. She said, is it possible for a one to have the inner critic come from somebody else's voice? Mm. And I said, I, I think so. And I reached out to some people who are ones or coaches. And because she said like she was driving and she stopped at a red light, turned her signal on just like she needed to, and then went or whatever. And she saw a police officer and she like, in her mind, heard the police officer say, that person's following the law really well. She's doing really well. Mm. And she was like, it didn't come from me. Like this sort of inner critic and the inner, like I'm doing good. Doesn't, it doesn't feel like it comes from her. It feels like other people saying it to her. And so, and so I think it's, it's, it's almost this like, external voice for her. And so she's not super hard on herself. But she'll say like, she's very hard on herself in the fact that she doesn't believe she can do something. She, I'm going to make a mistake, but it's not a, it doesn't feel for her like a shaming voice. It's a, you're going to mess up you can't do this well, there's going to be a mistake rather than like a, like an identity shaming thing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it sure does. And then you've been there to encourage her and say, wow, no, that's not a true voice. And that yeah. voice is not your inner encourager. It's your critic. And 
I think she needs that because when you're a one, you get so many voices coming from so many yeah. different directions constantly. Yes. So it's yeah. like this sensory trigger for her to need an outside stimulus to say, mm. no, this is not right. And that is really beautiful that you also have that don't mess with me vibe. So you're like, no, I've got this and you are not going to be messed with. So <laughs> you have her back and she has yours. That is so mm. cool when you're at your best, of course. Yes, totally. And I think I think especially female ones in our culture, because I think ones can tend to be blunt. I think female ones can have more flack. I think female eights, fives, and ones mm. can get a lot of flack from their not being yeah. super emotional, like because like they're so, quote supposed to be in our culture. Mm-hmm. And so my wife can like can really turn a lot of people off because she's not this kind of uh, sugarcoating everything, soft type of woman that they expect mm-hmm. women to be. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, what I it's like. I'll tell, like, I'm sorry that people don't see the good in you or they don't take the, take the time to do that. But like, you mm-hmm. have amazing things in you that, that I wish other people saw better. And I'm wanting to point that out. Mm-hmm. I just, I like pointing that out to her. She, like the things that she's incredible at that she doesn't know um, mm-hmm. for lots of reasons, but yeah, she can tend to be, mm-hmm. yeah, that can be hard for her. Yeah, that makes sense. And you were right about saying how we don't give our ones and fives and eights enough credit as females for how they Mm -hmm. really help to shoulder a lot of our women's rights works forward because they really are strong or even just communities, they make them better. All the ones on my daughter's dance teams, um, I'm in that dance mom world. (laughs) It's really (laughs) funny because I'm not a very like quote unquote good dance mom. I like break all of the stuff as a seven. I'm like, oh, my gosh like how am I even here but like I have four and nine kids who have more you know more one in them so I have to be there because this is growing other people not me and these moms some of them are ones and it's just I watch them in awe with how detailed they are on good things where they'll say like Mm. you know the dance floor is not going to work for these girls feet they're going to get injured and it's things that they're so detailed with that I never would have thought of and then they'll fight for it. You'll, they'll fight for what's right. And I know exactly when you say that there's a bristling that goes on inside of the other types of us saying like, Oh, like, Oh my gosh, like, what are you doing? You know, you're ruffling feathers and the one mm. is like, Oh no, this is right. You know? Yeah. And this needs to happen because yeah, yeah it's like, if, if it doesn't happen, then these things are gonna go wrong. Like, how do you not see that? Is my wife could like, just be so confused that other people don't see those things. Right. So when I'm the seven and I don't fit in in the one way, I feel like the ones don't fit in in the other way. So sometimes I go toward them and I'm like, hi, like, <laughs> I love you. I totally see what you're doing. I'm not going to do it with you, but like, uh, I'll encourage you. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then I'm, then they're like, oh my gosh, somebody likes me. So I can see how like, you know, there's all kinds of different mm. patterns that we do with each other, but I love that you and her have that. And I want to ask you guys so much, but first I want to ask Michael about trauma because you really got me curious when you said sometimes there's other voices. And I think people do have that sometimes where we either blame ourselves or our spouse, but we're really carrying trauma. And you did such a good job of writing that into our glow and I'll let people read it there. But I do want to ask if you could explain that a little bit. Yeah. So at the core, how I talk about trauma is it's when something happens too much, too fast, too soon. Mm. So emotionally overwhelmed. So our brains normally adapt and make meaning of things around us because that's part of surviving. That's what they do. But when it's too much, too fast, we can't, mm-hmm. can't do it. Or if we don't have support in it, or if we're, and there's too much going on or if we're fighting for our lives or, or whatever, when it's too much, we can't process through it like we need to and it gets stuck. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets stuck, it's sort of all over our brain and we haven't made meaning of it. And usually the meaning we make from it is really negative and really unhelpful for us. Like I wasn't good enough or I failed or I wasn't lovable. Um, we don't see like the full picture of it and that gets stuck. And then when we get later on in life and when we have a partner and, and, and we get vulnerable with them, like those wounds get really touched. They get really poked, right? Like there's this belief that like, I'm not good enough. And when my husband does this, then I think he's telling me that because it's so, cause it's not processed and it's kind of stuck and floating around in me. And I believe it. And I'm sort of can be hyper alert to messages like that in my life when there's this unresolved stuff or trauma in me. Mm-hmm. And so our partner's, when we let them in that close, get to poke those raw spots even more, unfortunately <laughs> mm. and unfortunately, because like it's it's so easy to, and then it's easy for couples, I think, to sort of blame their partner for making them feel this way, or like you're the one who said this to me, or you're the one who did this, and that's why I feel this way. And a lot of times, I mean, it can be right. Like, I mean, 
I'm not saying everybody, yeah, I mean, there's, there's abuse and there's other situations that happen, but a lot of times our partners can point out those ones. We can sort of see, see those needs that we had and never got met or, or, or when, and, and it brings up things in very real ways that are in us that we've never noticed before, because when we get closer to people, those wounds can be poked more because there's more vulnerability when you get closer to somebody. And so um, that's what I love with couples when they start working even on themselves, like their relationships start shifting, even if they don't do direct couples work because they're working on their own reactions, their own beliefs and their own sense of self that can be so skewed by trauma. Mm. And so they don't have to, like, there's a good, like Brene Brown has said, if you go, if you go through the world looking for a proof that you don't belong, you're going to find it every time. So like if, if somebody comes in a relationship with this past trauma of these negative beliefs about themselves, they're going to find somehow find messages of that all over their marriage, even if it's not there as much as they think it is. Yes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yes. Alina, are you excited about hearing that? I'm nodding my head. So (laughs) I I didn't want to interrupt him. Sorry. The introverted versus the extroverted. Oh, perfect. Perfect. (laughs) That's funny. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think we can like the whole, yeah, it's so much, so much work in our, like in our glow can come out more when we're able to resolve that trauma and not, right. Cause like when we think it's coming from our partner, we're going to get defensive. Like we don't want to, I mean, and for good reason, if they were doing that, then doesn't, they, they won't feel safe and it'll feel rewounding and re-traumatizing. But at the same time, if you do the work, it can be healing because a lot of, most of the time trauma happens in a relationship and it's healed in a relationship is what mm-hmm. it is a phrase yeah. I hear a lot. And so like when, you have this ex- experience of your partner holding you or seeing you in ways that you never were before. It becomes this healing because you get this gift of something that you never had and you're mm-hmm. able to finally process and move through these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be incredible. There's, there's a theory that says that we, we tend to, which I love this idea that we tend to be attracted to people who have the opportunity to heal us from all of our wounds but with that, also, they have the opportunity to poke the same wounds that were always poked. Like mm-hmm. we find somebody who's very, very similar to our dad or our mom. Mm-hmm. And I, it used to depress me as a therapist. Like, why do these people finding these people who like <laughs> so easily wound them? What is like uh, this person's trauma so perfectly dovetails into this person's trauma? And that is not fair. And I hate that. Mm-hmm. But to look at it as... I think you guys might like this as sevens. I think this positive reframing thing, but I think this is a nine really well. Mm-hmm. Positive outlook triad. Mm-hmm. I can like to look at it as maybe we're just always looking for an opportunity to re-experience these things in a different way with somebody who's safe and somebody who loves us. Because that's mm-hmm. what we know we need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the best relationships can do that in huge ways. Mm. Yes, I agree. Good relationships. Maybe not the best, like, but like good, like there's a ranking system here, but if you're doing the work and, and, and being aware and like there's an opportunity for amazing healing that can happen. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. Over time too, I think we need time to do this work because mm. it's really hard to do this work all at once in a few yes. days or a few years even. It's going to take some mm. longevity for you to allow these mistakes to happen a bunch of times till you hit your wall and you're Mm -hmm. just like, I'm coming at the end of myself. And sometimes Enneagram, like Michael said, when you find your type, it really makes you, um, you said this earlier before we got on, just kind of go, Oh my gosh, that's me. And it's this aha moment. Like you're opening up somebody's mail and it's not a good feeling a lot of the time. And Mm -hmm. we need to hit that in our marriages so that we can have less, not only less shame because we're finally discovering we have gifts, but also some humility to say, my spouse has been putting up with my stuff and my trauma for so long and I never owned it. And I just love how you're reminding us sometimes when we have brought those wounds in and just about everybody has, even if it's just little T trauma, we're bringing in an opportunity to be healed uniquely by each other too. So that's yes. a good reframe. Yes. I like that. And I love that idea. It's a very hopeful idea, I think. <clears throat> I used to have Wes say that to me a lot before I had done my Enneagram work. You're just like your dad who's an eight. <laughs> and it was wow. like such a trigger because he never said you're like your mom who's a nine. <laughs> and I'm like, why wow. did you ever say I'm like her? <laughs> and, and I'm like, that's the parent that I really, really bonded with was my nine mm. mom. And he's just like, you know, when he's mad, he's going to call me out on being selfish and not trusting and mm. 
layers, you get that overlay wow. from your parents in their trauma. And that's kind of when we came up with the glow, we were thinking about that family of origin, the layering that we hear people talk about sometimes. And this is similar, but it's different when we have that glow. But yeah, he used to say mm -hmm. that. So I had to look at that finally and say, I have taken that on and that is not healthy. And I have to address my trauma before I can really be safe in this marriage. Because, of mm -hmm. course, being a seven, you're like, I'm not safe. I'm not safe. I'm mm -hmm. safe or unsafe, and I'm not safe, and it's Wes's fault. So wow. that's a huge <laughs> burden for him to carry is maybe mm -hmm. he's also going, oh, my gosh, I'm not good. And you know that with your wife being a one, if your spouse is saying you're not good because you're not carrying me and making me feel safe, that's a really big burden for a one. Wow. Wow. Hmm. I can see that. <laughs> so it implodes. Sense. It's like that's where the burnout comes in between the types, which we highlighted yeah. as well, is we can really roll over each other too and burn out that life spark. Wow. Yeah. That's a, like that, that sort of that same thing that can heal you and create that glow can also burn you out and hurt you, which is mm -hmm. an interesting concept. <laughs> yeah. So as much as we're telling you guys, do your work as your glow, do your own work. And I love the image you put in, Elena, of the tennis shoe with the self-care. I hope I'm not giving too much away when I say oh, you're good. <laughs> no, but tell us why you did that, because that was such an important piece. Um, that was just in, yeah, little things that we need to remind ourselves. We need to take care of ourselves because if I'm not, if I'm not healthy, I'm not helping this relationship, mm -hmm. right? Like I can't, Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I'm just going to go in and try to fix everybody else. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And not deal with my own stuff. Like I need to take care of myself. I need to make sure that I'm getting enough rest. I need to make sure that, you know, like I'm addressing trauma issues. I'm, I just need to make sure that, you know, I'm not just outwardly focused on everybody else. And, you know, as a seven, like I know that we're told that we're selfish, but um, I always go back to scripture where it says that Jesus tells us that you should love your neighbor as yourself. And I thought, well, how can I love my neighbor well if I'm not taking care of myself well, mm. right? So it's like I, we, need to, we need to take care of that self first mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. in order to be good for anybody else. Mm -hmm. Which is, yeah. yeah, I think that idea is difficult sometimes for, I don't know if I can say this or not, some Christians can sort of see taking self-care as like a selfish, unloving thing. Oh, yeah. Right. And I've, I've met, like, I have a bunch of friends who are twos, mm. you know, and I will tell oh, them, like, wow. gosh, you need to take care of yourself. And they look at me like, they, like deer in headlights. I don't know what you're talking about, right? Mm. Like, because they're so others yes. focused all the yeah. time. And I'm like, man, if you just took this time for you, like, like addressed this thing, like you're, you're like, then that serving that you're doing is even better and is even healthier. Mm. Um, it comes from like a very, yeah, it's almost like a, it's not this twisted, my needs need met by helping. It comes from a very authentic, real, right. vulnerable place where I, I'm doing this because I want to, not because I have to. And I think that, right. I think people can feel the difference whether they know or not, because it's going to come off different, I think. Absolutely. I do too. And you're setting boundaries in a different way. And otherwise you're forcing it where you're trying to help people, but it's not really healthy. So you're mm. over the top, you're just, you're not really centered, you're not giving them what they really need anyway, and nobody is satisfied. When you set yeah. boundaries, you're like, I'm healthier, I'm not perfect, but I'm healthier, I'm present, and I'm ready for you. And I think people don't understand in general when we do that as mm. sevens or nines, because we're so busy serving others. Oh, I'm going to make you happier. I want to bring you my peace and uh, focus mm. in on you. But sometimes it's just, we have to take that time away in order to come back with actual authentic help. Right? Yeah. That was a huge thing for me as a therapist to realize my nineness, how in being a peace keeper and just keeping the peace and not wanting arguments to come up and let's just show each other the best sides of each other. So you don't have to fight anymore and being a peacemaker and saying, let's walk through these fights that need to happen because you need to communicate in this way. And we can, I can sit in this with you mm -hmm. until it's done. It's so different than like, I have to soothe you right now. And so we can't get to those places, but Absolutely. I, Huge I difference. can soothe myself while we do this. And this needs to happen and be here with you as like this grounding presence for you instead of helping you escape out of it in the, in the same way that you have been doing for years. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I love how you bring the dog in too, because it's very real. Like sometimes my clients will show me over Zoom or in person to say, like, look what I'm doing right now. I'm rubbing my arm or mm. I'm flicking this pencil cap. And it, we're humans in the room, whether we're coaches or therapists. So it's good for you <clears> to say, we have this dog here. If we need to 
have some trauma shared here that we have mm. support staff here right with us <laughs> to process, which I think is brilliant. And I'm really happy that you're even getting self-care in the sessions, but yet you're also, like you said, not self-protecting in an unhealthy way where you're like, we mm. have to keep the peace. Because I was actually wondering as a male nine therapist, particularly not mm. male, but nine, if you were more Carl Rogerian, where you're like, it's all self-actualization or if you're in there doing peacemaking and it's neat to hear that you do some of both probably mm. i think yeah my when i first started it was very very like i call my, when i look back and i call myself a, a tour guide for couples like let's go through each other and see the best parts of each other and hold hands at the end and encourage each other and things will get better mm -hmm. <laughs> i remember the very first time i ever asked a couple mm -hmm. it was a few weeks into after grad school mm -hmm. um the wife said it seems like he doesn't care about me anymore and i said is that true and then I panicked <laughs> and I thought, what if he says, yes, I don't care about you. I'm like, what do I do? And I freaked out. But then I thought like, if he doesn't, that needs to be said. It really needs to be said so yeah. they can do something with it, whether they work through it or, in, or something, it needs to be said for them to continue going on without that being said, does them more of a disservice. Mm -hmm. And that's when it clicked in me. I was like, this is hard, but this is what needs to happen. Like the, the, the hard things need to be shown and need to be seen so that peace can actually mm. be created. And so I'm not, and so that I'm, I'm not giving them these subtle messages of like, I don't think you can handle hard things <laughs> back mm -hmm. to that. Quote. Like, right. Like, yeah. wow, maybe I take that from my wife and give it to my clients. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh my wow. God. Like spread the glow awesome. around. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> like, <laughs> But yeah, I think I can, if I sort of subtly, even unaware, like unconsciously shift the conversation away from hard things, because I can't handle it. Like I'm giving them this message. I think that like, you can't handle this and I don't want this from you. And so you need to just keep hiding it, which is not mm -hmm. helpful. No, it's not. And you're really bringing the person of the therapist into this as well. Yes, that it's important that who you pick lot. to do your work, because if they haven't done their work, they can be not very helpful. And I know they intend to be, but it's so good that we keep growing. If you're out there as a pastor or as a clinical therapist or a coach, keep doing your work. Yes. Baby steps. I know not long ago, Wes even said to me, you don't let me have feelings. And I was like, oh, like wow. that's really important to my one that he have that and that I keep working mm. on that. So sometimes like even this week, I was like, honey, I'm hearing you. Like, I mean, I, I love that you have a feeling right now. Let me hear that. But if I was mm. just like in denial and didn't know I was a seven, I'd have been like, what are you talking about? So it's baby wow. steps, even for us who are in this seat, but it's okay because this is the way we all work together and we heal together. As long as we're not asking our clients to be our counselors, just yeah. knowing oh, yeah. that we still have our work to do is so vital. But I want to explain with everybody, I find it so fascinating that we have the nine, seven, the seven, one, and the one, nine glow here. So <laughs> it's so That's funny awesome. because all these marriages are so different and mm. yet the same number. So I just want to highlight wow. that. Um, if you guys have any things you want to highlight that are differences too, please do. But I wanted to highlight that Wes and I have a much busier life in some ways than Elena um, because we have a very different glow as a one seven. Now we could put subtypes in there and keep it even a little more complex, but for purity's sake, just for the example, um, I do want to make that known that this glow is different from her glow. Would you agree with me, Elena? Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> we know each other's lives. Her, I mean, we, yeah, we've been working together for a while now and just hanging out as friends. And I'm like, man, like, I don't know how you, like, how are you doing all this? Because I'm tired. Like, <laughs> I need a break here. And we're both sevens. We both like, you know, got a lot of energy, but like, yeah, like, <laughs> I need this rest. And that's so funny. But no, we choose who we choose. Right. Right. Um, but you know, and I feel like that's, that's, it works out good. But I was like, yeah, you, you guys are way busier than we are. Right. And our kids are. And so their subtypes and types are thrown in because I have three social subtype kids. Yes. Mm. So everybody's really active and I'm the introvert of it. So that's why people sometimes think of me as more of a five. As Elena knows, I don't make many appearances to friend groups in public. And mm. so it's really just kind of like, I have to be very narrow because of that social group that I'm in, in the family. And then she's actually teaching now and I'm not. And we switched roles in our community because probably she had a little reserve and I was tapped out. So we all, you know, we have had to do different shifts because of our spouses. And I think that's important that you honor that, that you say, 
okay, this is my spouse. So what do I have to give? And I had to tell Wes a long time ago when I first learned my Enneagram, wow, this is why I'm not more organized like you. I'm running at a pace that I can't handle as a seven because I go to five in mm. health and I need to reserve back. So as much as Elena sees me busy, I was far busier before. I wasn't even aware that I was introverted. I was just out there like crazy with Wes and he loved it. I'd say I ran five miles. I did this. I did that. I did this. And he'd go and because he has endless energy and he's Whoa. a social one. So he'd go, that's great. I'm glad. What's the problem? You want a cookie? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> for now, and like, I didn't even do it well, you know, and none of it's done right. So, but he then had to learn. And that was his learning with me was she mm. doesn't have the capacity that I do. So we talk about that on an almost daily basis of what capacity I do have and what I'm willing to give him out of that. So I'm learning not to be selfish with it, but I'm also learning like I can't be burnt out. So what do you see as far as differences there with the one nine versus those two, Michael? Hmm. I think it's like the sort of that, that you highlighted that something he's good at that you're not so good at like you sharing that. He's like, so like, right. I mean, like that's that dynamic can show up in my own wife and I's one and nine. Like, it's like, I did something that I said I would do and went through with it. And she's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. So you're a human. And it's just like, it's so easy for her. And it's so, it's so interesting that that's so, I think it's hard for her to see that that's hard for me. Mm-hmm. And it's so, and it's so funny, like the, the difference with that, like the, almost that same dynamic of one thing that's easy for her is like for, for, for me, it's so easy to not get annoyed by people, mm-hmm. but she can get annoyed really quickly, very quick, very at a rapid pace with people. <laughs> like this is so, I can't believe this person did this. And then me internally, I'm just like, it's not that big of a deal but to me. Mm-hmm. And so if I were to like lead with that, like stop worrying about it, it's not that big of a deal, quit being so many, like to her, that is frustrating to her. And almost like the same, like you don't want your husband to feel emotions. Like, it, like I'm wanting to, I think we all sort of project our own wounds on the people closest to us without realizing it, right? So like, it's no, you're not supposed to just don't make a stir. You're making too much of a stir. Stop being so angry. Cause I don't want to be angry. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, almost like almost judging her by my own criteria which is kind of, that's what happens with us can go both ways, can look different each direction from the nine to the one to the one to the nine, mm-hmm. but we can both do that. And it's funny to see, I love when we can get to the places where it's like, oh, I know this, and almost even laugh about it. Like, I know this is hard for you and I love that, but that's so fun. Like, like t- today I accidentally booked myself out like crazy. Mm-hmm. And she said, I was like, I'm really busy and full day. I don't know exactly what happened. And I said, yeah, I tend to not be good at the calendar. She's like, you mean like looking at the colored in spaces and not putting anybody there? Like to her, it just made <laughs> no sense that I wasn't good at that. But it's just like, right. oh, it'll be fine. I'll schedule this out. It's two weeks from now. It should be fine when it shows up. And it shows up. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Oh my gosh. Um, but, yes. but, to her, but to her, she's like, you didn't see the bubbles that are colored and just like give yourself a break knowing you need it. I'm like, no, I didn't because I didn't know I would need it. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that's so healthy of her to know she needs a break as a one because someone's won't, but they don't still burn out. They still do it. Yes. But that's, yes, they have mm. such a gift. And Wes yes. is the same way where he's like, I've got 20 patients today and I'm going to do really in-depth progress notes, save a life or two. And I'll be like, oh, I had like four sessions. <laughs> like, and, and I'm like, and I homeschooled. And he's like, and, you know, wow. like, did you work mm. out and is dinner ready? And I'm like, no. Like, so he's given me a lot more grace. But when you live with a one, sometimes you really do learn you can do hard things. And that is a yes. cool thing we both got. And it sounds like when you live with a nine, you also have space to just be, to not do every chore, to not do everything on time because we can take time. We can, you know, we, we got into this when Thomas Edison decided to make that wonderful light bulb, but Mm, we we started sleeping a lot less. I was just reading about that and we really lost a lot of our time to just be. And I think that you give that back to your wife and give her permission for that. And I'm sure your husband does that for you too, Elena. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I, I think I don't do it as much because of my social line aspect. It can be really hard for me to slow down. Yes. That's interesting. Yes, that's you, as you say that, I was like, I wish I could do that better. Oh, do less. Oh, wow. You're right. As a social nine. Mm-hmm. But I think, but I, yeah, connecting other ways. is good. The, the way you're saying you can watercolor, it's like you're learning that it's baby steps, but you're learning that. 
So before we head out, I'm going to ask you guys real quick, kind of the how I met your mother story, like, you know, just save this podcast and you can play it for your kids someday. And I think our audience would be really interested to learn how do these different types of couples meet? How do these sevens and nines and one nines meet each other? So go ahead, Michael. Met a friend in college, uh, roomed across the hall from him, and then went back to visit for his birthday a few months later. And then he had like a birthday party in my future wife came and she was a senior in high school one year behind us and I met her and we just clicked and then just started talking and talking and then she came to the same college as me the next year um and kind of it was really cool I just thought she was hilarious and we had a great she was so smart and so quick-witted um and we just kind of there were some difficulties here and there at first I sort of yeah I'd made not great decisions but I now that I look back at it now like I made some really stupid things and didn't treat her like I should have at first and sort of but I think when I very directly came to her and apologized and said I shouldn't have done that that was not okay like we are like very very direct and that flipped everything in her and I think when I look back at the oneness like this she was like she saw in me my ability to own my mistakes when they happen and speak to my own fault in them and I think part of that is what shifted a lot for it. yeah no I think it's just what we both saw things in each other that like this could work long term because I like this part of them Gosh, that's I don't know if that makes sense but yeah it was we met in that way and then I guess the rest is history she's put up with me for this long so that's <laughs> so okay so and Elena how about you with James James and I actually met in high school we were hanging out at the mall because we had that's what you did in the 90s right mm-hmm. so both of us had a friend who worked at this fast food place and we met there because we were both visiting our friends and didn't like nothing really ever happened. We just met. I thought he was cute. He had a girlfriend, so it just didn't really work out. Well, then two years later, I see him at this nightclub and it's like teenage nightclub, right? I'm 17 at the time (laughs) and I meet him and he comes up and he says, Hey, Elena, how's it going? And I have no idea who he is because when I saw him two years earlier, he was this little like skater kid with the flappy hair and the cutoff shorts and the Chuck Taylors. And then I see him at this nightclub and he's all like dressed up and fancy looking. Right. And I have no idea. So it's so funny to me. Like, but then, so we, anyway, I figured it out who he was and we spent the whole like evening talking and then he came into work the next day where I worked and we basically been like, together all the time ever since. Um, but what I think is so funny about it is we've really literally grown up together, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was 17 and he was at 2019. He's 19. So he's two years older than me. I was like, like we've just been through so much, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I just love, um, you know, you know, each other's stories. We know each other's struggles and traumas and all of that stuff going together. And just that we've been able to I like said, grow together. We, we talk about that all the time. I'm like, gosh, like I've been with you more than half my life and I'm not that old. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so, um, mm-hmm. It's just really cool to me. Hmm. I love that. You guys have such a beautiful, powerful story and a beautiful pairing. And all of them are beautiful in their own ways because we have these wonderful people who are making us grow. And if you're with a spouse who makes you grow more, then you get blessed by that. And if you're with a spouse who gives you more space to just be you and to sit and to rest, then hopefully there'll be some seasons of both, but then you're, you're blessed in that way. So try to remember each way gives you something, but I love that Elena. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for coming on today. So grateful. And I want to ask Michael, how can we get in touch with you? And then also, uh, if you want to share your coupon code for the glow. Yes. Yes. So uh, get in touch with like, uh, so Instagram, um, Michael Shahan underscore therapy is my handle. And I have a website that's uh, MichaelShahan.com. Very exciting. It wasn't taken. I was the first one. So that's cool. Yes. Um, <laughs> no dashes, no dots, no anything. Just MichaelShahan.com. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, and so, um, and then the, the code is Michael, right? All caps. Does the caps matter? matter? Nope. No. And then it gives $5 off. Cool. Yes. Yeah. So I'm so excited about these things, these PDFs. They're really, really, really cool. You guys absolutely did blowing my mind with these. I'm very excited about these. And I think a lot of people are going to benefit from these. 
Oh my gosh. Well, me too. I'm excited. They're being loved right now. So I'm super happy about Perfect. that. But thank you guys so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks thank for you. asking. I love this okay. so much. Awesome. All right. Bye. Take care. And I am so glad that you guys have been so awesome with sharing the glow. We had our contest winners this week. We had so much fun hearing about how you guys are glowing brightly together, just like we got to hear how Elena and James last week have that calm and bright glow as a seven and a nine balancing each other. We got to hear today that Michael helps his wife to know that she's important because that's what nines do and that she as a one gets to help him to do those hard things. And this is just so beautiful because I can see that each pairing does this so vibrantly and so differently. So you guys keep doing your awesome work together. And thanks for sharing about what the glow is doing for your marriages. That means the world to me. And I heard from a four seven just today saying, Hey, we are learning how to take some transition time before our date nights like you recommended because the four needs to be in the right headspace for the dates. And the seven can't just zip ahead too fast and try to make everything happy. And I was so glad to hear that this is all taking effect in your lives. There's nothing more important to me in my vision for this community than helping couples to just beautify the world better in their own ways. And that's a good forward. They beautify the world. So really encouraged that the work is being helpful because that was a huge piece about why we did these. I don't have the capacity to see all the clients and I know there are amazing coaches out there, but we wanted to put some artwork together with your specific pairing guides and not just about the basics that you read about on a lot of the places that are already out there, but the the ways you can really work together in intimacy and the ways you can work together in a time of a little bit of stress and a lot of stress and the ways that you can have specific date nights. So that's all in your glow guides and you can use the code Michael at enneagramandmarriage.com and that way you can truly get your hands on some good coaching. But don't forget to use the afterglow section as well because that's where really the change is going to take place. It's fun to read and to get together and to take an afternoon. Sometimes it's a little stressful too because you're like, oh, this is where we rub each other the wrong way. So you need to come back to it. You need to take some time with it and let it be your accountability together and let it be a, a soft and fun place. If your spouse says this is too much, don't push, but just allow it to be some daily growth or some weekly growth that you take it on your date night with you or you do this at a different time when you really are already getting together for one of my couples does a Saturday morning meeting every week, others do Sunday nights. So don't forget your glow guides, enneagramandmarriage.com. And I'm looking forward to some more holiday fun episodes with you guys. I have Olivia coming back on to finish our old episode where we were worrying about the office and fun stuff like that, where we can really just let go and have some holiday fun. I think we never really decided whether Lorelai was a seven and I never really claimed Michael as a seven on the office. So we're going to battle that out with Olivia's counterphobic six stuff and eight stuff and it'll be a lot of fun. And I'm also going to have time for us to talk about more serious topics such as how the body types, the heart types, and the head types really work in the nitty gritty. So I'm really looking forward to all those episodes. I hope you're having a good season. Don't forget your self-care. Don't forget to try to take a few hours every week just for you guys and have an awesome week. Bye-bye.